first thing you got to learn is you don't listen to losers because it's the fastest who gets paid. Fire it up when you're ready. Fire it up. Fire it up. And it's a race from here on, no matter what happens. He's got him this time. Here they come on turn four. Must go faster. Welcome to Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Giffen, predictive analyst here at Action Network, and joining me, my co-host, Stephen Young of Rotogrinders, better known as Stevie TPFL. And this week, we're talking bets, the Auto Trader, Echo Park, Automotive 400 here on Running Hot. Last weekend, Denny Hamlin led Kyle Larson and Hamlin's teammate Christopher Bell to the checkered flag for the Bass Pro Shops night race at Bristol Motor Speedway. Joey Logano was involved in a wreck when Corey LaJoy spun out, and Kevin Harvick had a rough day, finishing five laps down, knocking both of them out of the playoffs, along with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Michael McDowell. Wow. Bubba Wallace, Martin Truex Jr., they both survive, squeaking through to the next round by four and five points. So really close race there for the playoff spot. But we do start the second round of the playoffs with 12 drivers. So Stevie, want to get your thoughts on Bristol as well as the playoff picture. Yeah, I mean, I was in Bristol. It was really good not to see like a ton of tire issues, a ton of steering issues, a ton of overall car issues. So really glad to see that got fixed from year one of the new car to the year two of the new car at Bristol really pumped that they're going back to normal Bristol for two races instead of having a race on dirt next year. I think that is how Bristol should be. I don't ever think it should have been a dirt track. If we're going to run dirt, I have no problem with that, but let's do it on an actual dirt track. Racing was great. Joey Logano got into a wreck, but he was running towards the back. Probably had a chance to survive and move on had he not been in a wreck. Kevin Harvick was atrocious. I've never seen him be that bad there. I've been to a bunch of Bristol races and just never seen Kevin Harvick be that bad. It was bad. Nothing they would do. They were trying wholesale changes. Nothing. They weren't even close. They weren't even in the ballpark. Stenhouse had a really good race. Michael McDowell had a really good race. Had they had better first two races of the round, they could have potentially been there. Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, Kyle Larson, like you mentioned, they they dominated the race. I mean, the cars that have been fast were the cars that were fast in the first round. And I think that's kind of how we think about going into the second round of the playoffs here. Yeah, I wasn't, you know, overall surprised by Logano's lack of speed just because that team as a whole has been down a little bit this year. Bristol in recent years, since like 2019, has not been a good track for him. And by him being in mid-pack there, it ended up catching him out on that Corey LaJoy wreck. So I ended up getting three of the four drivers out in the first round when we made our predictions here so we've got the second round of the playoffs the first race of the playoffs coming up this weekend at texas motor speedway instead of a 500 mile race it is going to be a 400 mile race so stevie texas a one and a half mile track it was repaved before the start of i think it was the 2016 or 2017 season one of those two seasons so still very new overall brand new surface low tire wear here for this one and a half mile track. So Stevie, what kind of racing can we expect at Texas? Because we did have a tire test there as well. 
We're going to have different, I think it's left side tires. So, you know, definitely going to be a little bit different at Texas compared to last year where we had a lot of blown tires. So it's a different right side tire. Right the side, left side tire, nice. yeah, left side tire is the same one they've run a few times this year. They ran it last year at Texas as well. We had a lot of tire issues last year, so it's not that shocking that we have a different tire. But the thing that kind of has me iffy this week, just in general, is when Denny Hamill was in the doing his winners like press conference at Bristol. He was one of the three drivers that did the test with Logano and Suarez being the other two. And he said that he thinks this tire is going to catch a lot of teams off guard and not be like the expected cause of what like what to expect here. So even Denny, he didn't sound like super confident. He said we have a baseline and he had a whole day of like with this tire in this car. So that it just has me all like, do I bet like longer odds here before practice and qualifying kind of thoughts? I'm definitely a little concerned about just coming into the week because, I mean, 1.5s have been fantastic this year. We have a really good idea of who we think is going to be fast coming into the weekend. But the tire, the tire concerns me. Right side tires is where a lot of the grip is made just in general when you're on these racetracks. And the fact that, like, he was concerned, he's been the fastest car this year on these tracks, and he's concerned. I I mean, it just kind of leads me to be a little bit more concerned. But hopefully – good tire as far as not like exploding and having a ton of issues because I hate when that kind of stuff happens too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And I'm right there with you. I honestly don't really know what to expect. And you know, last year we can't even base a whole lot of stuff off last year tire aside simply because so many tires did explode. It was really hard to see who actually had the best speed, who would have had it throughout the course of the race. So there was a lot of DNFs last year at Texas uh, and very few long runs. So Tough to really use last year even as a gauge, especially now with the different tires. So you're right. I think potentially some longer shot bets could be in play. But, you know, aside from the tire test, the new tire, the new right side tire, how are we handicapped in Texas? Are we just using all these other one and a half mile tracks, these one and a half mile, you know, cookie cutter ovals? Or, or what are we doing here for Texas? Yeah, I mean, we're looking at Vegas, Charlotte, Kansas, right? I mean, for years, we've always compared charlotte texas and atlanta to each other they're the cookie cutter 1.5s that were all kind of really similar atlanta is way different now charlotte and texas comp wise okay their tire fall off has been different and we have a new tire but i mean i'm kind of looking at like charlotte as like my main thought process but definitely using all four and i think you could even potentially add like michigan into your research as well just yeah, Michigan, pretty low wear as well and yeah. uh, intermediate style. So I think you can definitely add that in. But I mean, overall, I mean, yeah, we're looking at these 1.5s, adding Michigan and just kind of waiting to see what practice looks like. I've only made like four or five bets so far this week. So really going to kind of wait to see on practice. But I mean, we always get like huge overreactions by books when it comes to practice as well. So you kind of hope that we have a couple like really good practice drivers that struggle in qualifying with the qualifying setup. And we, you know, have some value in, you know, betting as far as that is concerned. Yeah, I agree with all that. I think obviously um, Charlotte probably is the best comparable track here. A little bit of Michigan, obviously a little bit of Kansas and Vegas, just overall intermediate speed. So right there with you as far as analyzing Texas, but I do want to just bake in a little bit more uncertainty with this tire situation. So real quick, before we dive into our picks we got 12 playoff drivers like we talked about you have any thoughts on who might be the ones to not advance into the third round leaving eight drivers left after these next three races it's tough because you have the roval 
and you have Talladega in this one, yep. where I think you said you went three for four. I went two for four in the first stage. I didn't have Logano getting knocked out, and I didn't have Harvick getting knocked out. It was like three really good tracks for Harvick. I'm still shocked. Darlington really cost Harvick, but he was awful in Bristol. He probably didn't deserve to advance anyway. But with Talladega, I feel like you got to bump Keselowski and Busher a little bit, especially like how good Busher has been on like the road courses. And it's hard to bump down like a guy like Blaney because he could easily win Talladega. Right now, I have Chastain out for sure. I was thinking about this earlier. The mistakes that Seabell's team is making has me a little worried about him, but he could easily go win this race this weekend at Texas. But right now, for me, Bell, Chastain, Bubba Wallace, and Brad Keselowski are my knockouts. And I'm really iffy on Reddick or Keselowski. Just kind of giving like Reddick the bump for Roval because if he needs to go in there and win, now we have the stage cautions at the Roval. They can play the pit early stage caution strategy and he's gonna have speed so i think reddick advances with a win at the roval after struggling at talladega yeah i agree with all that i have bubba wallace out i have ross chastain out i think this is a really interesting spot where maybe kyle bush isn't quite as uh you know he, he's just not dominant he's good but he's not dominant. I think one bad race could really put him on the bubble. So I'm going to go out a little bit on a limb and say Kyle Busch doesn't make it through. And then finally for my last pick, it really comes down to Keselowski, Reddick Bell, one of those guys. And I'm right there with you. I think Keselowski just lack of speed on the, the Roval. Obviously, Talladega is going to be great for him, but there's a chance he's going to have to win Talladega to make it through. So I'm going to say Keselowski as my fourth driver out. So that is our Texas preview it is time to get into the bets as always we're going to take you for a lap around texas motor speedway that is four turns one pick from stevie one pick from myself per turn before we drive into victory lane so it is time to wave the green flag here at texas and dive into turn one this is ryan blaney and we're running hops all right stevie start us off lead us into turn one Turn one's an outright. Let's do it. Let's um, we're go. gonna we're hammering down on the restart and going straight to an outright to start us off here. So I'm basing this off of my thought process of this is going to go in the opposite direction. So I have Denny Hamlin to win this race at six to one. He's plus four fifty on some books already. The fact that like he has been the best car in intermediates this season as far as just overall speed and the fact that he was part of this tire test has me to believe like he's going to be really, really fast out of the gates. And this line's just going to, we're going to get this line down to like three or four to one. So I think he has a great chance this weekend. They've been one of the best teams over the last 10 weeks of the season. They have just been clicking on all aspects. Denny Hamlin got a speeding penalty at Bristol last week and drove through the field in a race where you really couldn't pass unless you had speed. They have so much speed in this car right now. Give me Denny Hamlin at six to one as my turn one pick this week. Yeah, six to one's an awesome number. If you can get Denny Hamlin six to one, absolutely take that. For my turn one pick, I'm gonna lean on you here in turn one a little bit. You know, we're, we've got a restart here. We're gonna maybe side draft a little bit, but try to put a little pressure on you into turn two. But for my turn one pick, I'm gonna take a lean with Alex Bowman top ten finish at plus two ten. You know, I liked him. What was it? Plus 160, plus 180 top 10 for Kansas, I think it was. He finished 10th. And 
overall this year, his average finish at the one and a half mile tracks has been 8.3. So his average finish is already inside the top 10. And we're getting a more than two to one for a top 10 finish. Hendrick Motorsports as a whole has had a lot of speed at these one and a halfs. Obviously, Alex Bowman not in the playoffs could be testing a little bit. But again, that just widens his range of outcomes. And he was a little bit down on speed at Kansas. You know, I think he was around 18th. But all you have to do at this type of track is hang on the top 15 in speed. And with a little bit of luck late in the race, that can sneak you inside the top 10 for sure, just like he did at Kansas. He finished 10th despite being 18th or so in speed. So Texas, just a really good track for Alex Bowman, two top fives in his last four Texas playoff races. Obviously, he had the, the crash last year, which gave him a concussion, I think it was. I think that was like the race that he got the concussion and then missed a few extra races. He still drove the end of that race, but certainly wasn't the same. And he had a DNF the year before that. But the two prior Texas races, he had top five finishes. So pretty solid track here for Alex Bowman as well. So I'm just going to give a little lean to his top 10 at plus 210. Two 1.5s in the round of eight with Vegas and Homestead. We know that like looking at like his Bristol speed last week, we know this is the test car for Hendrick Motorsports. There's no doubt about it. So you're, you're, I mean, you're assuming the risk with a new tire. They're going to have a much different setup than Larson, Elliott, and Byron. That's not always a bad thing. So like Nick said, this is a nice little lean here. I don't know if I'd bet it until after practice, but I don't expect it to move too much either. Exactly. Like, so yeah. I Bowman's think this not is typically qualifying on the pole or anything like that, you know, putting it right at the front of the field. So unless they really hit on something, I agree with you. I don't expect it to move too much. Right. And if they do really hit on something, then you can look at like a top five or even him to win if he's that fast. So if you are losing out on the top 10 lean, you could easily make up with it elsewhere. Groups, all kinds of stuff that you could get Bowman where his line won't be too bad here. Yeah, that is turn one here for us. We got to dive into turn two. I'm Denny Hamlin, and this is turn two here on Running Hot. All right, turn two is pretty interesting. We got a two-car team in turn two that we're both picking. Yeah, I mean, Rosh Chastain, top 10, plus 110 here. Um, You're going to talk about Suarez, this organization... Was the Chevy Tech, which shocking that like they were the, and I, I know how it works out, but just shocking. They were the benefit of the tire test where the tire is expected to be so much different and like RCR and Hendrick going to be playing a little catch up for the Chevy camp. But yeah, so Chastain, he struggled at Charlotte, which concerns me because I do kind of peg this as a track, but I was at the Charlotte race. It was extremely hot. Like we're now getting towards the end of September. It's not going to be as hot as it was at Charlotte. And I mean, Chastain was so good with the new car and they were adapting so well to new tires everywhere last year, giving him the bump that Suarez was part of the tire test. He's right on the borderline of like top 10 speed on the intermediates this year. I think there's just value getting him at plus money for a top 10 this week. And I don't think it'd be something I'd be betting for like him to win the race. He hasn't had that speed over the last 10 weeks, but I do think like he has the potential for a top 10 here. And again, being part of the tire test as an organization is huge. They get more data. Everybody can look at that data, but Ross Chastain can sit down for three hours with Daniel Suarez and say, what do I need to expect? And they can build the car out for that. So huge benefit. Yeah, I agree. And that's why I'm going with Daniel Suarez, top 10, plus 280 as my turn to pick. Obviously, the guy who did the tire test here 
at this track. And it's not only a good track for Suarez, but a very good similar track type. Like if we look at the low wear, like the low medium wear, one and a half mile tracks, finished sixth earlier this year at Michigan. Obviously, Charlotte finished 12th, but last year at Charlotte, he led a bunch of laps in the 600, led laps at Michigan last year. And Texas has always been a solid track for him. If we look at his last four starts in competitive cars, so I'm not talking about the year he was with the Gaunt brothers in, I think it was 2020, but his last four competitive car starts here, he's finished 12th or better, including two top three finishes back when he was with Stuart Haas Racing. So, you know, a solid track for him, solid similar tracks for him. And even earlier this year, when we were at like Las Vegas and Kansas, he had solid speed, top 10 average in flags in those tracks. So, Suarez plus 280 for a top 10 with that tire test, I think is just a little bit too long here. Yeah, I'm going to jump on this one. I had looked at it and just everything that you're talking about makes so much sense. And and like the fact that they did the tire test and Chastain's still in the playoffs, they are testing stuff for sure. He was awful at Bristol too, but it's not like Chastain was great at Bristol either. So I think they're going to have a much better kind of understanding of what to look for this weekend where it's not like overhaul changes for this organization. Yeah, absolutely. So we are going with the Trackhouse teammates each to get a top 10 finish before we head into turn three. I want to remind you all Running Hot is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses. For new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So that will lead us into turn three. I'm Austin Dillon, driver of the number three, and this is turn three here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, we've got two turns down, two turns to go. Where are you taking us into turn three? Dude, man, the BetMGM app, by the way, so easy to use. I was um, in Tennessee last week for the race and just so easy to use that app. I'm going to go Bubba Wallace over Brad Keselowski at plus 102. Um, Not like huge, but I I have this um, as some value. I have Bubba actually like minus 120 here. And I think that you could bet this to minus 120 if you really like it. Dude, Bubba Wallace is so underrated on 1.5s this year. Like he has finished inside the top five and three or four of them. The one race that he didn't was Kansas where he blames himself. He had the fastest car at Kansas, the second Kansas race and had an issue that was like self-induced with the tire. And I mean, just so much speed on the 1.5s this year. And like Keselowski has been good, but he hasn't been great. So, I mean, if I'm just looking at like speed rankings for this year, Bubba Wallace is favored in every category over Brad Keselowski on the 1.5s. Charlotte, Michigan, everywhere. So, I mean, again, I'm just looking at this going, why am I getting plus money? This is one that just stood out to me as I was like looking through books and was like looked into it more. And I was like, hey, I'm going to jump on this. There's no reason not to jump on this. It was funny because I was getting ready to put picks in and I was going to put this one in. And I saw you had it. I'm like, all right, well, I won't put this one in. But I'm 100% with you on this. If we look at flags, it's not even close. Bubba Wallace, many spots ahead of Brad Keselowski and flags. So I love getting even or plus money on this prop. I mean, I'd still take this down to minus 110. If both sides were minus 110, I'd still take Bubba Wallace here. So Right there with you, Stevie. Bubba Wallace over Brad Keselowski as your turn three pick 
for my turn three pick, we're getting a little fun. We're getting a little creative here. We're going with a three to one odds pick. And that is for this race to go to overtime. And you know me, Steve, I've been all about the overtime bets lately. Obviously NFL, I hit that 263 to one parlay on two games to go to overtime. So let's go back to the overtime well, but this time for NASCAR, three to one for this race to go to overtime. If we just look at the one and a half mile tracks, Vegas, Kansas, Texas, Charlotte, 40% of those races have gone to overtime in the next gen era, right? And I'm not counting Homestead, which is a one and a half mile track, but it's instead of being a tri or a quad oval, it's what we call true oval, different type of banking, much higher tire wear. So just these classic one and a half mile ovals, four out of the 10 races have gone to overtime in the next gen era. If we just look at Texas playoff races, we got caution numbers, 16 cautions last year. Obviously we had the tire issues, but even before that, 11, 8, 11, that's a lot of cautions. And I know those are 500 mile races, but still a good amount of caution that we see at this track at Texas Motor Speedway, especially in the playoffs. And with this new tire, once again, a little bit of uncertainty. You mentioned Denny Hamlin said, hey, this might give some teams problems. Uh, you know, if they miss the setups, they make a little bit worse handling race cars. So just a spot where I think I want to take overtime three to one, just because what's happened at these mile and a half tracks has been 40% overtime, which if that were to be the long-term odds, be plus 150. I think that's probably been a little generous towards overtime, but at the same time, I think three to one is still too long. Yeah. I mean, just even going back since 2014, since 2014, the fall race at Texas since 2014, there's been at least eight cautions in every single fall race since 2014. So what you're like thinking here, like if we get a caution within like 30 laps to go, the restarts are going to get crazy. Cautions breed cautions. It's a playoff race and anything can happen in these types of races. So Texas is a track that produces a lot of cautions anyway. You know, you talked about it, but if you look like one time since 2016, has there been a race with under eight cautions? And that was a 2019 race that Denny Hamlin dominated. So looking at the data, Definitely like this at these odds. And I mean, these are, these are, you know, coin flips and it could go either way. I mean, you could get a hundred lap green flag run at the end and it wouldn't shock us either. But with all the uncertainty under the tire, and if we do get a long run to end the race, is the tire going to hold up? So don't hate this one at all. Yeah, and I think for Kansas, we saw this at something like plus 140, plus 150. So just three to one here compared to what we were getting at Kansas. At worst, it was like two to one. I think this is just a nice deal here. So I don't know if they were looking at like 500 mile data and then forgot that this is a 400 mile tracker or race this year, but I definitely like overtime for this one. So those are the first three turns. We got one more turn to go. We got to dive into turn four. I'm Connor Daly, and this is turn four here on Running Hot. All right, Stevie, one more turn to go. Turn four, what do you got for us? Yeah, I mean, it hasn't happened yet this year on these 1.5s, but he's just been cracking and knocking at the door the whole time. Give me Ty Gibbs for a top 10 finish this week. It's plus 150. Ty Gibbs still in great equipment, and the Toyotas have been by far the fastest on these 1.5s this year. Like They have four of the top six in just overall speed, and the two that are not are Larson and Byron. Shocking. So... Ty Gibbs is borderline right on the top 10 as far as just raw speed on these tracks. 
just needs a race to kind of go right. He does have Bell's old pit crew, which is a little bit of a downgrade. They have struggled, but they've kind of picked it up since pitting Ty Gibbs. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think just getting a JGR car with as much speed as they have right now in general at plus money for a top 10 just seems like a nice bet. Really like Ty Gibbs top 10 plus 150. I didn't really have anything for turn four. I think it's a pretty tough race to handicap just given a little bit of stuff with last year's tire issues, this year, different tire, all that stuff. Obviously, I know we can use those one and a halfs and a little bit of Michigan to, to kind of handicap this in terms of speed. But at the same time, things could be a little bit different. And Vegas and Kansas aren't completely similar to Texas. They're getting closer to that medium high tire where Charlotte was a long time ago. Michigan's a two mile track. So I didn't really have anything. But then once I saw you had this, I'm like, I'm going to bump draft Stevie here in turn four and just tail him, literally just tail him through turn four, give him to the push to victory lane. So you've got me on Ty Gibbs top 10 plus 150 as well. For all the reasons you said, I don't really have anything to add. I'm just going to bump draft you in the victory lane. So Stevie, we crossed that finish line. I pushed you across the finish line. You can thank me for that with that nice push, nice teammate. So what are we doing in victory lane? What is the play? Also, we should note that Ty Gibbs has a really sick paint job this week. He has the black and green interstate batteries car that is going to look so sick on track. Anyway, I love that car. Anyway, our victory lane pick this week, we're going to go to another outright. We like to shop the outrights when it comes to victory lane because that's what victory lane is all about. We're going to go chase Elliott 20 to 1 this week to win at Texas. Still in the owner's championship, still without a win this year, just knocking on the door. We saw him at Kansas. He had race winning speed at Kansas. It's been a while. You know, he's kind of been that like eighth to 10th place car. The last 1.5 we were at, he had race winning speed. Again, we have a tire that we have some uncertainty this week. So 20 to one for Chase Elliott after being one of the top five fastest cars at that Kansas race and kind of just being fast in general here recently. I think is really good number on Elliot. You agreed. We talked about it. And just 20 to 1 seems like really nice value here early in the week. Yeah, I, I definitely like this 20 to 1. You know, you gave me a couple options there for victory lane. And I, I was like, we got to go with the long shot here with this tire test, with this new tire, some uncertainty. It makes me like a long shots just a little bit more. And then you go back to that Kansas race. Ton of Kansas speed there for Chase Elliott, like you said, potentially race winning speed. He did lose some spots on a pit sequence there, which was unfortunate and it was kind of tough to pass. He made a few spots back up. I think he got back up to third, but he never got back inside that top one or two after leading at Kansas. So last year, of course, he DNF'd at Texas, but before that, he had the number one speed before his DNF there with the whole tire deal. Pretty solid results at Texas, some ups and downs. You know, he's at a 20th, but he's also got fourth place, a sixth place, et cetera, in the playoff race. So decent track for Chase Elliott as well. And I think he added that little bit of uncertainty, plus the overall Hendrick Motorsports speed at these one and a half mile tracks this year. I love Chase Elliott at 20 to one. So that is going to do it for us. Thank you for listening to the Auto Trader Echo Park Automotive 400 episode of Running Hot Action Network's Motorsports Betting Podcast. We'll be back this time next week to talk about bets for the Yellowwood 500 at Talladega Super Speedway. Another drafting pack race. Excited for that one for sure. On behalf of my co-host, Stephen Young, 
Thanks again for listening. We'll see you back here next week on Running Hot from Action Network. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.